podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. My name is Matthew and thank you for being here for another episode of Beyond the Lines. It's the show where we get an opposition supporters view when it comes to previewing Newcastle's next game. And this Saturday at 12.30, it's the Matthew Debucci derby. Yes, it's where Joe Willock's past and present clash on the same day as Newcastle take on Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, and to help me preview this one, I'm joined by a huge Arsenal supporter. He's a contributor to the Chronicles of Aguna podcast, who's also part of the 90 Minute family, as are we. It's the beautiful Harry, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me. That's a cracking intro as well. I don't think I've had one that, that great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all downhill for me, mate. I say that all the time. Um, obviously, we were here to talk about the big game on Saturday. Um, but first, let's just talk about Arsenal in general, mate. Um, you know, fifth in the table. Uh, three points off fourth, a very, uh, shall we say, turbulent start of the season with, uh, you know, the three losses without scoring a goal and conceding nine. But the ship's been steadied a little bit. Uh, nine games, six wins, two draws and just the one loss in your last game. I mean, how, what are you feeling so far on the season? Yeah, overall, quite positive um, about how things are going. As you said, the, the start to the season was a nightmare. And a lot of us, a lot of sensible Arsenal fans, I should say, probably preempted that the beginning of the season was going to be quite difficult. We had a trip away to Brentford on a Friday night, first game of the season under the lights. It was never going to be easy. And then it was Chelsea and then it was Manchester City. And those three fixtures for me always kind of screamed difficult. You know, and, and yeah. so when we lost those games, I was I was very kind of conscious of going overboard and going over the top. You add to that the fact that we had key players missing with COVID and we had a lot of injuries and, and all of that stuff. It just felt like it wasn't Arteta's team. It was a patch up job. It was a, a an attempt to get through those games. And then you saw immediately when the likes of Ben White. Uh, come back from COVID and Aaron Ramsdale got into the side and Takahiro Tomiyasu came in, Martin Odegaard arrived. All of a sudden, you saw this completely different side and all of Mikel Arteta's summer signings had come in and were all hits instantly. And I think that's been key in Arsenal's sort of progression and development. Going into the last sort of run of games that you just mentioned, obviously, I think there's still room for improvement in a lot of the performances. There's no question about that. We could still be better in attack. And I think it's weird and it's hard to take because as Arsenal fans that grew up during the Arsene Wenger era, that was never an issue. It was always defensively where there were question marks. And now it feels like it's the other way around. Went to Liverpool last weekend, got beaten. And I thought we did quite well for the first half. I thought that in the second half, we capitulated a little bit. But as as Mikel Arteta said, you know, better teams than us have gone to Anfield and got battered. And, and that's kind of the realism that you need to approach it with. I think for Arsenal, if we could sneak into the Champions League this season, that would be an incredible season. If we finished in the top six, that would be pretty good. And so to say that we're in fifth, it shows that we're kind of where we are aiming to be. And, and therefore, how can you be too downbeat about it? Yeah, I mean, you've sort of um, covered something I was going to ask later on, but let's touch on it now. That word expectation, something that uh, new Arsenal fans have sort of had to deal with uh, us saying we've had unrealistic expectations in the past, but the less said about that, the better. Uh, but in terms of Arsenal, as a club now, Harry, what what are your expectations? Is it um, Obviously, you want to keep growing under Arteta if he's the man to take you forward. But, I mean, 
what do you want to see? Um, you know, I mean, people, there must be obviously fans maybe a bit more unrealistic, frustrated that you're challenging for titles and, and trophies as such, even though obviously you did well in the FA Cup in recent years. But what, what to use, you know, realism right now? Realism is is a top six finish, getting back into into the Europa League at least. Um, but also seeing this team develop and seeing an improvement. I think it's very hard to measure that, you know, away from the kind of stats and facts and and things like that. But I do think at the same time, you can get bogged down in that. And ultimately, as football fans, I think the eye test is still always the one that, that you should go to. It's the first port of call for me. And I think one of the things he's struggled with since he's come in is, is making a, or creating a style of play. And I think that's largely been down to constantly changing personnel. When he first came in, he had to move a lot of players out. He was struggling to do that. Then we had all the issues with Ozil and Socrates and Mustafi and a number of players that we've just terminated their contracts because they were just that, you know, that damaging being around the place. The club have backed him uh, in doing that, not just in the transfer market in terms of bringing people in, but allowing him to terminate certain people's contracts, even when it was going to cost a pretty penny to do so. And now you're starting to see a little bit more of, of what it is that he wants. Still a long way to go, but I think as long as we continue to see the, the, the upward trajectory and us moving in the right direction, I think if we finish in the top six, people will be or, or should be quite satisfied with that and then look to the next season and say, right, now we need to get in the Champions League again. I still think we're a step away from that. Although... Manchester United have kind of left the door a little bit open at the moment because of the way they're playing and their issues. I still feel like that shouldn't alter the expectations we set out at the start of the season, which for me anyway, were to, to get back in Europe. So, I mean, we've, we've mentioned his name and we won't obviously touch on it too much, but I mean, Mikel Arteta, um, he's had his, his naysayers. He's, you know, he had, he had a bit of a, you know, a positive impact when he first came in. Um, but now the start of this season has been fans obviously calling for his head, maybe the more realistic ones. Um, and it seems like you're quite level-headed in your approach to Arteta, Harry. Um, I mean, what do you make of his tenure so far? Is he the man to take you forward and build towards that next step that you, you've just spoke about? I'm still not 100% sure that he's going to take us to the next step. And I don't think you can be. I think you can't be completely Arteta in and you can't be completely Arteta out just based on what we've seen so far. It feels like Arsenal fans in general are just like that now, you know, and actually let me rephrase that. We're not all like that, but there is a lot yeah. of us that are like that. And there are a lot of people with big voices online, won't mention any names that yeah. add fuel to that fire and, and paint this picture of Arsenal fans as being this completely sort of um, unreasonable bunch of people when that's not really the case. I think for me, with Mikel Arteta, a lot of his job at the beginning was to to change culture, change attitude. And sometimes that doesn't always translate into results. And then it's hard to buy into it looking from the outside. I think when we get to the end of the season, we'll, we'll know a little bit more. It'll be second full season in charge. And then I think you can start to make some serious judgments. I think even if he didn't get in the top six, though, and he, and he did miss out, and and the club took the decision to move him on. I think similarly to Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, you would still look at it and say, okay, he wasn't the right man to take us forward, but there were some good things that he did. Yeah. There were some elements or, or things with to do with the culture of the club and behind the scenes and the environment in which they created that you can say that was a positive. 
And I don't think we always have, you know, football fans don't always have to be so polarised. It doesn't have to be in or out. It doesn't have to be yes or no. It can, You can look at both sides. And I just think with Mikel Arteta, I think we're, we're having to do that at the moment. But if we miss out on Europe this season, I think that then you can start to ask serious questions. Not even saying that that guarantees he should be sacked, but it does raise alarm bells and then we can have that discussion. But at this point, 12 games into his second full season in charge, the first summer he's really been back. I don't think that you can um, you can say either way at this point. It is crazy how sort of embryonic his, his, uh, his tenure at Arsenal is, considering you see his face everywhere when things are going badly. Um, obviously, he's, he's won the cup with them. Um, it's, it's crazy to think that he hasn't Really, like you said, second, second start of the second, like second full, full season. That's that's crazy, really, to me. So it feels like he's been there much longer. I don't, I don't know if it feels like that for you because of what it's been said and people, some yeah. people wanting him out and, and all that type of thing. It's been a tough couple of years, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that the two year anniversary of of his taking over, and when was it, two thousand and nineteen? Yeah, it will come in, in next month. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not actually been that long. It's not even been two years yet. But there is crazy. this. There is this like, because it's felt quite painful and there's been some really low lows and and there's been some highs as well. I think that, you know, people are kind of reading into how long he's been here a little bit too much. The FA Cup win in a lot of ways actually added pressure to him. You know, he he, yeah. he got it right tactically in a couple of one-off games against sides that are just miles better than us. And that was great and we loved it and we enjoyed it and we'll cherish those moments. But it what it did was it automatically raised the level of expectation um, in that following season. And that was not fair. Also, you know, you're talking about someone who's never managed before, and then you're talking about throwing him into a club where there's incredible pressure, as well as in the middle of a global pandemic, which I know every manager had to deal with it, but I'm sure more experienced coaches will have navigated through that period a little bit easier than, than someone who'd never done the job before. So, you know, all of those things have, have worked against him. And, and I just want people that if they don't like him and they don't think he's the right man, fine. You know, you can have that opinion. But I just want people to give him a fair crack at the job. And I think this season is the season I'm judging him on. I, I can't judge him on last and I can't judge him on the, the few months he yeah. spent in charge the season prior. Well, um, obviously, that's the manager. Uh, let's let's talk about the players briefly. You've just talked about, you know, some of the players that he's brought in. Uh, Tommy Yasu, Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale. But instead of just going on and talking about every player that he's got, um, what I'd like to do, Harry, is a bit of, bit of a word association, if that's all right. Um, I want right. you to think of the first the first current Premier Air Arsenal player that comes in your head when I say these words, OK? So, word number one, passion. Aaron Ramsdale. Pierce. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Liability. <laughs> um, this is a tough one because there's a few. <laughs> um, liability right now in the current team. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, Got to um, say one. <laughs> liability. Okay, I'm going to say Granite Xhaka because everyone thinks he's a liability anyway. Is he still there? I don't even know. He's still he's there. He's just injured. Yeah. Yeah. He's just injured. Uh, tricky. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe. Essential. Thomas Partey. And just playing down rubbish. Playing down rubbish. Um, Cedric Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another player I forgot played for Arsenal. I remember that signing from Southampton. That was a strange one. 
Yeah, stopgap signing, and we stop. You, <laughs> you mentioned uh, mentioned when I said passion there, uh, Harry. You mentioned Aaron Ramsdale. Um, a, I wouldn't say an eye watering sum for a goalkeeper because at the end of the day, we've seen that he, he has got you know he's going to be playing for England in, in years to come and uh, has done well at his previous clubs. But when you're spending a lot of money on a goalkeeper, when I'm sure some Arsenal fans are wanting the more sort of attractive signings of midfielders, attacking midfielders, wingers, and stuff. Um, what type of effect have you seen him have? I mean, for me, from the outside looking in, of course, I've seen his, his televised performances, that crack and save uh, against uh, Leicester. But has is, is he had a huge effect since coming in? A oh, massive, massive effect in, in so many ways. He's brought... The reason I said him for passion is because he's brought this kind of... I don't know, this this connection with the fans that, that we never, ever had with Bern Leno. Um, he's, he's clearly a very good communicator with his back line. He's very brave in the way he plays the game, in his distribution of the ball, which is something we were missing with Bern Leno. He's also brave in the sense of he plays right on the edge of his penalty area and sweeps things up, which allows our defence to push higher up the pitch. Um, and you mentioned that save, that double save against Leicester. He's, he's pulled off countless brilliant saves. He was the man of the match against Liverpool um, when yeah. we lost 4-0, which tells you all you need to know. I think just going back to the you know the signing of Aaron Ramsdale and and why people were probably not for it and and I myself included was very like not that I don't want Aaron Ramsdale not that I don't think he'd be a decent signing but I was very much of the view that we need a centre midfielder we've got twenty five million pounds clearly to spend yeah and you're choosing to spend it on a goalkeeper who we all thought at the time had a good chance of sitting on the bench for the majority of the season. Mm-hmm. So the, the point was that we couldn't guarantee as a fan base that he was going to be better than Bern Leno. So did we need to spend that money on him? We've been proven wrong. And and that's a, a prime example of why we as fans don't make the decisions. And we should trust <laughs> in the club sometimes. They've obviously done a lot of scouting. They've obviously identified certain elements of his game that they felt were what they were looking for. And, and as you say, £25 million for a goalkeeper who could be your number one now for the next seven, eight years at minimum, is is not yeah. a lot of money. It's not a lot of money at all. Especially in this day and age. Especially yeah. in this day and age. Where the where the sort of the future points towards a number of triple figure million signings, you know, that's going to become the norm soon. The, the top clubs are going to be spending what nine figures on, on certain players. And yeah, when and you to get put in... it to put it into context, mate, just to, sorry to cut you there. No, to put no. it into context. Sambi Laconga was signed for nearly twenty million pounds, right? <laughs> and he is a player who will be in and out of the side. He is a player who's only playing now because Granite Jack is injured. He's a player who the club have hopes for in the future. But Aaron Ramsdale's a difference maker today, now. Yeah. Like he's changed the back line for the good of it right now. And that's why it's not a crazy amount of money. If you were happy to spend it on a, a reserve midfield player, why can't you spend it on, on your number one goalkeeper? No, it's true. And we've seen, and I'm not, I'm not putting a Ramsdale on, on the same level as these guys, but we've seen big money spent on keepers like Edison and, and Alison Becker, and they've had ridiculous effects on the defensive structure of them top teams. Maybe not so much, you know, Kepper, but hopefully he's more of the former, not the latter. Um, so we'll move on to the game. Um, I mean, there's not much else to say really about what the the, uh, the predicament Newcastle are in, no wins, we're going to the Emirates, we've got an absolute stinker of a record there, I think I've only seen him win there once, uh, Andy Carroll back in the days I of Chris that. Hewton, yeah, at the 1-0, and, and I think we, we got a draw the first time we went there, but 
we're lucky to get anything from there uh, in recent times. Um, are you going into this game confident? Are you just seeing as that last game against Liverpool was a blip and then just continue the form that you had previous? I think we have to be confident because we're at home. And I think that obviously we're fifth in the table and, and Newcastle are bottom of the table. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but if you have aspirations of getting into Europe, these are the fixtures you have to win, right? These are the mm-hmm. fixtures you have to take maximum points from. I think there's an added pressure on Arsenal now because of what happened at Liverpool, because of the way we were beaten, because we conceded four. And what that's done is it's it's kind of allowed some of the Mikel Arteta out crew to kind of resurface and reappear. And I feel like dropping points against Newcastle would fuel that narrative again and add pressure to against the manager again, which I, I just never think is helpful. So yeah. for me, I think it's imperative that Arsenal bounce back straight away because after that, we go to Old Trafford, um, which is is obviously a difficult game always. And, and they could have a new manager by then. We don't know yet, which might bring some sort of bounce. But I just feel like it's because we've been on such a good run we need to show that Liverpool was a blip, like you said, but also we just came up against a team that are miles better than us and they beat us. And it's normal service resumed and we're just going to carry on the way we were. If we were to drop points against Newcastle, then then it, you start doubting Arsenal again and you start doubting yeah. the direction of travel and, and that is not helpful. So I'm desperate to see us pick up the maximum points, but I, I do recognise that Newcastle, watching them against Brentford the other day, were a lot more... Um, forward thinking they were a lot more ambitious they were a lot more exciting they, they they looked like they could cause opponents a lot more problems the only thing that gave me a bit of encouragement was that they're not solid defensively and I one of the things I hate is when teams come to the Emirates Stadium and sit behind the ball because we quite often struggle to break that down I think the fact that you're going to play against us or probably should under Eddie Howe kind of come on to us a little bit more. It makes me feel a little bit better about how this one yeah. might go. I mean, it's interesting because obviously over the last two years and, you know, I'm, I'm done I'm done bashing Steve Bruce now. He's gone. He's a distant memory, but I'm probably still going to bash him a little bit here. But like the last two seasons, you know, we, we became, under Rafa Benitez, we were, we were pragmatic. Steve Bruce, it's slowly but surely the building blocks came away. That solid defensive base but went away and we still played that type of football. Um, we came to the Emirates a couple of times. I think there was the obviously the, the cup game where it went, needed, did it go to extra time? It nearly went to extra time um, when Smith Rowe came off the bench and scored. Um, yep. But now it just feels like if we set up like that, we're definitely going to lose because as soon as one goal goes in, we're not going to score. So it is encouraging that Eddie Howe probably recognises that, that we have the attack and talent to try and have a go at teams. But you are right. Uh, right now, it just feels like the, the back the back five or the back four, depending on how we play, has been coached into the ground. Um, it's been, it hasn't been invested in it either. So that, you know, that wasn't the previous coach's fault as such. But the effort it's took to, you know, or the lack of effort from Steve Bruce, is that you can see they're just not as organised as they used to be. You're missing players like Federico Fernandez, although he's old, he's a he's a he's a good defensive organisation guy. So hopefully, I want to see Dubravka come back in and and try and organise that defence because, as like you said, as much as we were going forward, all right against Brentford at the back, we were pretty bad, and our keeper made a few clangers. But um, if you if you could try and stick a stick a couple of quid on a scoreline, mate, what would you be going for? I'll go with the famous old one 0 to the Arsenal. I think I think defensively we've been Liverpool side we've been much improved since we changed four of the back uh, three of the back four uh, or four of the back five if you include the goalkeeper we look completely different as a defensive outfit so I'm confident we'll keep a clean sheet 
Um, not confident will blow you away goals wise though. So um, yeah, one nil to the Arsenal is uh, is what I'll go with. It's still Newcastle, mate. We still seem to be like like to give goals away. I mean, not of unconfident sides that have came up against Newcastle and they've managed to get a hat full of goals. But hopefully, <laughs> under the new management, it won't be the case. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm such a pessimist when it comes to Newcastle. I think we'll score. I'll give I'll give you know I'll give me friends that I'll try and be pe- um, optimistic and say we'll score. But I just feel like it's still really ideas to put the the wrongs right of the previous regime and um, really get that structure that defensive structure back so I, I mean I, my my head says probably two three one my heart says four four we'll go four 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 we'll have another one of them eh? we'll have another one of them yeah. we'll let you we'll let you come from behind this time I'm actually that would break my heart so I wouldn't I wouldn't want that <laughs> oh, to happen that, again that game still scars me that was one of the hardest games I've ever watched as an Arsenal were you, were you at, at St James's Park no day, I or? wasn't and I'm so glad I wasn't because <laughs> Making that journey back to London after that would have been, oh my word. I mean, but, but for the record, I do hope that you guys get out of the bottom three and, and survive because um, I, I like everything about Newcastle United. I like the passion for the club that you guys have. And and I, and I anyone that hates Manchester United is a friend of mine. And <laughs> Kevin Keegan, right, for me, was was right up there. So, um, Class. yeah, wish you all the best. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, mate. And, you know, best of luck for the rest of the season. But obviously, hoping that luck does not start on After Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, we've took up plenty of your time, Harry. I, I just wanted to say thank you very much. Um, again, Harry's uh, podcast, The Chronicles of a, a, a Gunner, is uh, on the 90 Minutes Football Network as a we. Um, but to you guys watching, thank you very much. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And we'll catch you after Saturday. Safe travels to the travelling support. Sports Social Podcast Network.